Hello, RP people. Before I get started, I just wanted to say thank you to Free League. Uh, you've been absolutely fantastic. And to commemorate this fantastic moment of me and Nils joining together for one episode, uh, we've decided to run a one-shot of Free League. Now, what product we're using? Well, that's up to you guys. So hop onto our Discord. The link will be in the description below. And pick which Free League product you'd want. We have a poll going until the November 21st. Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in again. Joining me today, we have Scott W., Finder and Finder as usual, but we also have Russ, a.k.a. Salty. Um, hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs> uh, you guys might remember Salty way back from episode... Was it five or six or something like that? Let's say five, right? I don't like yeah. running numbers. <laughs> five it is. Um, and now since, well, what what's new with you, Salty, since uh, it's been quite a while now? Uh, I, I, you didn't prepare me for this question, so I'm going to have to review the last eight months. Uh, ultimately, I think that the 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 big the big thing is that my my first and new game uh, Nuido is out and available online in digital format, which is, I think, the reason that we all met in the first place, or at least that Santa met me and forced uh, foisted me on the other fellows here. <laughs> yes, I backed uh, it. Which I appreciate, I appreciate, again. Um, and so Nuido is uh, available digitally on DTRPG and is a, going into print. I've got my first proofs of interior pages, not first proofs of the full book yet and it is the coolest goddamn thing to see something you've worked on for six years uh created in the flesh in the physical in your hands um about to be released after 12 months of having given up the rest of my life to work on this goddamn thing so <laughs> so i mean i also got married two months ago Oh, and my wife Congrats. won't blame me for putting the book first in this list of things that happened. Because <laughs> she's she's been putting up with it for a long time, and she encourages me at every at every step, which is incredible. Well, that's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. So, just a quick before we get started, um, due to the fact that whenever we say today we're talking about, and we barely ever talk about it, we usually use it off as a jumping off point. We are now going with themes because a theme is a lot more um ambiguous and allows forgiving. us forgiving thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> um and to start this off before i give a theme scott wants to run a little experiment i have no idea what it is finder has no idea what it is Something i do is with the dice asmr oh yes that's, <laughs> oh that's what this is asmr okay and oh, i'm no. sleeping now oh. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. This will be interesting. Like today I put up the ETU actual play and I lost a subscriber. So that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this channel is bullshit. All you used to do was talk shit. What is this actual gaming shit? <laughs> Don't you hate everything? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was cute. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's okay. Anyway, sorry. You're excused. So, what what is this experiment? All right, so we're just going to get into it, and then if you don't mind, we'll get into it. 
We'll just take a couple of minutes of everyone's time, you know, about 10, maybe. It depends. I, I don't want to. We're going to drag this out and shit. But, uh, and then we'll get to a natural point, and then we'll have a conversation about what happened because it's part of the topic. Smart people who know the topic and, you know, are already tracking what's happening. So here we go. What I do want to do, uh, I'm going to introduce you all and the world and what you're currently doing. So Rich is playing Magnus the Baleful, a sorcerer from Lankmar. And Santa is playing Grefchik, a ratling from Lankmar, a ratling thief. Uh, on top of all that. And Russ is playing Alex Di Bravisi, a nobleman Bravo. Uh, so for anyone tracking, a Bravo is essentially you're rich by day and then you go out and uh, you whore and get in fights and you try to be as bad a child as humanly possible. Okay, that was true 10 years ago, but I just got married and I'm not sure I can support this at the moment. <laughs> this, was, this would have been deadly accurate. Deadly, just, there you go. uncannily accurate. <laughs> 10 years Welcome ago. Welcome to Savage World's Lankmar House of Dragons. Okay. Also, Russ in Toronto in 2011. <laughs> so, what we're going to do is we're going to start now that we know what the characters are. Uh, again, we got a sorcerer, we got a sword fighter, a professional duelist is really what Russ is. Um, and then, and Russ is with these people because he has a very good reason on his character sheet. Russ isn't really familiar with Savage World, so I'll break the bank for Russ, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, Russ's family has a high level of indebtedness, as would most nobles. And since Russ likes to drink his family's wealth away, um, here he is with a rattling thief and a nefarious sorcerer. So, gents, we are starting off in Lankmar. You have been hired by the Thieves Guild to infiltrate an ancient temple dedicated to the Lord of a Thousand Eyes. You have been given a location of a secret entrance to that temple. Finding that entrance was very, very easy. Uh, for the three of you, it was not a problem. It was exactly where it was promised to be by the Thieves Guild. But now the question is, does that entrance open as easily as you found it? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> That's the right answer. Yeah, are you asking me? <laughs> uh, do we have a thief? Yeah, the Rattling. Rattling, yeah, yeah thief, right? That's me. Um, why don't so, you check that thing for lock or for uh, yeah? What, what does the door look traps. like? What, what does the entrance look like? This is the outer wall of a temple complex, so it is stone and masonry work. It is patched over. Uh, the temple had been ravished by a fire uh, a decade ago, never been repaired. There's just a minimal presence inside the further into the temple but where you are now it it's really just a very classic stone door that can open very easily you have the instructions on how to open it you're told which brick pushes in and which one slides and the door will swing inward for you okay and, and we are in the city of Ten Thousand smokes or whatever it's called you are yeah yeah we're in Lankmar. okay cool all right the, well, yeah um Yo, Rattling, why don't you check it for traps and work the mojo? Yeah, sure. Um, so Grifchik runs up to the wall. Um, I'm going to spot to see if there's anyone actually watching the wall or if it's kind of empty. Okay. Uh, so that would be a notice check, right? Correct. Six. Oh, yeah, I guess roll again. Another six. 
another six. Oh, you fuck? aced. Okay. I know, I know, and I'm I've just aced. <laughs> I just got three sixes, and I'm going again, and a two. So that's oh uh, six, twelve, 20. eighteen, twenty. Twenty. That's uh, a raise with that's a, a success with a significant number of raises. So Grefchik, you look around. There are no guards that you can notice. There's no other signs of life at all where you are. And with those raises, again, we're just going to stack the raises. You can see the outline of the door. You understand perfectly well what is happening. Uh, this is exactly as the Thieves Guild promised it would be. Uh, it is completely quiet, completely dead, and you are about to violate an ancient space of a god in the hour of the eel. I, um, you know, I, I won't have paid attention to any of that and, <laughs> and will be leaning on the wall uh, not familiar with the brick that we're supposed to push and all of that and ask why are we why are we trying to break into this rap fire ravaged shell of a building via a, a brick door when there's a huge hole over there <laughs> didn't, didn't this place burn down and now it's empty and so the innards <laughs> the innards caught fire and burnt down but the rest of it is stonework masonry so you're looking at the inside of the temple where a lot of the wood Overhangs would be the structures, the timbers that all caught fire and collapsed inside. Um, oh, it's like a like a stone walled, open yes. ceilinged, but but yes, gotcha. I, yes. I reckon my stupid comment. No, 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 you're good, you're good. <laughs> and just for just for just because I forgot for well, we've alluded to it, right? Anything that you're doing is because it's going to help your family out. And the thieves guild told you, hey. There's, you need you to get in there and find what we want you to find, but there's also going to be a lot of shit in here that's very, very valuable. And then, you know. Oh, yeah, that, no. The question wasn't about whether or not we should go in. It was whether we should walk through the hole in the wall because of the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, totally, you did, totally. You did use ravished, which was creative. And um, I would like to ravish a, an easily, a, a much easier opening. But anyways, <laughs> um, onward and inward, I hope. Yep. <laughs> that would be at the whorehouse. Yes. <laughs> Which is where I was obviously 20 minutes ago. 100%. <laughs> so I'm going to try and reach the bricks in order to do it, realizing that I'm a little too short. So I'm going to uh, try and get my compatriots to push the right blocks. Okay. How high up are the bricks that we need to push? Uh, they're about waist height for a normal sized human, and for Grevich, that would be a little bit of tippy toeish. Okay, I will uh, use my staff to push the brick in that I'm told to. <laughs> Outstanding. As the brick slides in, the door itself activates and grinds across uh, layers of dust and loose rubble as it clears a 60 degree or 75 degree arc somewhere in there there is a large pry bar that comes slamming outward from the inworks of the inside of the masonry uh, where the door frame is set that would have caught one of you across the chest or grevchik at about the head level beyond with what little moonlight is playing on this scene is a passage of about five feet that ends in a, another wall that is obviously, from your end, a cleverly hidden secret door. Hey, there's a secret door over there. And can I, when I pull my staff out, does the door close again or do I have to leave my staff in there? 
No, it doesn't close. Once it's open, okay. you, you got it swung open. Cool. And sorry, and how then, big is the space that we're looking at inside? You're looking at it five feet deep by about five feet wide. So oh, a little wow. kill box. Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm far too valuable to go in there first. Can someone please investigate whether or not there's uh, more death to be had in this room? I, I look at uh, the rattling again. Um, was Grevchuk still not saying anything, looking slightly disappointed at his compatriots? Sighs and then starts using his little paws in order to try and feel for any kind of trap. I think this re- reflects back to the conversation we had eight months ago about <laughs> races in RP, but we'll just leave that for now. Anyone interested, <laughs> go back to March 13th of 2022, where we talked about RPing as other people. Oh, That's yeah. right. Yep. All right. So that would be thievery, right? Yeah, let's do this. Uh, that. Oh my god. Okay, on the bonus dice, I got a six. Okay. So, I'm um, roll that again. What? I'm using these dice more often. Another six. I'm not even fucking kidding with you guys. I wish I had a camera. And a four. So that's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, plus one. So 17. Fantastic. So, uh, this entrance, uh, that's enough. That's a success with enough raises to have searched the floor both walls and the opposite end of where that that secret door is Um, you are uh, very confident this is not trapped Uh, there is nothing nefarious here Um, it likely it's just a space to crawl through regardless of what alex had muttered uh maybe slightly drunkenly about our our murder box okay i give a (laughs) thumbs up and i start just scurrying in okay I'll follow him. All right. Uh, yeah. Again, it's a, it's a little five foot space, and so that the other that the the door that's in front of you is from your and from this side is very clearly a secret door. There is no attempt made to conceal it whatsoever. It is closed, however. Okie dokie. Well, I'll go lot. and uh, jingle jingle. You so gonna then, open it or? Yeah, yeah. I'm just. Is it locked? Was yeah. Was doing the... that. No, it's it, it. It he gets ready to as he's pushing it open. It it starts to swing it's, uh, just like the other one. It's grinding on some of the loose rubble and some of the dust and debris that's there. But other than that, it 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 pushes open. All right. So yeah, I Grevchuk will just start crawling in. Are, are these are these temples always quite so dirty? Only after they've been burned and neglected for years. <laughs> It's, it's well, a little I mean, ashy. Does it really cost that much to send the cleaner once in a while? Why? Why, <laughs> if we, why have they left it in this state? If anyway, we I mean, I'm, if we I'm not going to complain. I appreciate the work, but a little, a dusting, a dusting wouldn't have hurt. If we had Benny's, Russ would have earned one for playing up to one of his hindrances. <laughs> so, Grefchik, uh, for you, the area beyond it, it is a it's a worked stone hallway. It runs uh, to the limits of your vision. Uh, however, you're well aware that your compatriots are both very human and both very much unable to see in the dark like you are. Well, okay, really so it is dark. Light. Yes, beyond yeah, this okay. point, it's going to fall into darkness. Ah, shit. All right. Well, Grevchik is going to 
Do we have any torches? You have anything you need. I, I have no gear. <laughs> right, because you have anything you need. You also have a Benny, so to be yeah. fair, if you wanted a, la- a bullseye lantern, you could be like, hey, about a Benny and we... Then, then I'll throw my Benny to have a bullseye lantern because darkness yeah. sucks. Yep. Easy day. So with the lantern, uh, you get it lit. It's, it's not a problem to light a lantern. I need an athletics check and a survival check and then a quick... <laughs> it's very easy to get the lantern lit. The, the spot beam from the hood of the bullseye lantern, it shines forward and... It, very clearly you can see that yes this place has not been trowed in a very long time there is dust everywhere there is debris everywhere um something happened here besides a fire there is it looks like some of the masonry on the sides of the passageway that you're in now it's cracked and some of the overhead appears to have is what's what be part of that debris problem on the ground on uh, the passageway runs uh, to the limit of your bullseye lantern, we'll say it's, uh, it's 100 feet uh, off into the darkness. And from there, you're not really sure from your, from where you're standing. Well, this was clearly a dragon attack, so I will now. Uh, so do we have directions on where this object is that we're supposed to get for the Thieves Guild? Uh, no, they are unsure, which is why they're sending in you all. Okay. Then, you're, all, uh, you're all very clever. I'll go ahead and uh, stride into the room and look for doors and passages. All right, outstanding. And Grovechick will stay slightly behind him, just watching out to see if anything catches his eye. And and I'll stroll in blithely, (laughs) uh, unawares and concerned with dust. (laughs) Dust is the biggest enemy. No, darkness is the biggest enemy. Oh, the biggest enemy is coming up. <laughs> so, just to be clear, the only, the only light in this room is from a bullseye uh, lantern aimed yes. wherever uh, aimed finder's sh- character is looking. Aimed yes. straight ahead of you, yep. Can I just light a torch so we can see it around 100%. us? 100%. I'll probably do that. All right. Finder, you were checking uh, for... Other doors and passages. Other doors and passages as you move down the hallway? Yep. All right. And Grevchik, you were searching for uh, naughty and nasty things, correct you said? Um, Naughty, nasty, or shiny. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and make those rolls, gentlemen. All right. For me, is that a notice roll? Yes. Hey, I didn't mm. ace. Just a four. Okay. <laughs> Um, I got a three. A three. Are you happy with that? Not really. I I suppose I have luck, so that means I should have uh, three more Benny, so I'll throw another Benny out. There you go. Six. Uh, Yeah, six on my my D8, so I'll stick with the six. All right, outstanding. So on the way down, uh, between the two of you, you are very confident, again, that they're – there's nothing nefarious. There's no other exits. There's no other detours from this. Uh, and Rich, you managed to spot it before. Sorry, uh, Magnus, you spot this before Grefchik does. Grefchik is busy, sort of low sniffing the ground and using those little pod hands to look for trip wires and a variety of other possibly dropped baubles. But you do notice that uh, there is a sudden drop. Uh, it's it's a big step, uh, maybe about four to five foot down, and then. 
meets other stairs, stonework stairs that go down about 10 feet. Uh, your lantern clearly shines, and at the bottom of those steps, there is a series of wooden planks that look like they've been lashed together or they've fallen together, and they stretch across a wide chasm. The chasm has an unknown depth, but it is filled with debris, sharp, nasty things, soot. There is a five-foot ledge running to the left and to the right of this chasm, so it gives you three points of entry to what lies beyond. Ah, crap. Okay. And, um, and sorry, to be clear, that the tunnel doesn't continue past this dip? It does not. Okay. Mm. So we have to drop down and continue and choose our path forward. Yes. Okay. Um, I will <coughs> drop down and proceed down the stairs. Um, I will... And just so you know, I am using my staff ahead of me, uh, testing each step before I actually place my weight on it. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Grafchik, you can make it down the, the, the drop without hurting yourself or requiring any kind of... Uh... <laughs> okay, I was debating jumping on to uh, another guy. Well, don't let me stop you. <laughs> okay, well, I'll wait till be the last one down. And then, uh, just due to the height, I am going to jump onto the back of Alex. Mm-hmm. Onto Alex's back. I, I don't, I haven't said a word yet because I'm kind of in thiefy mode. So I don't sure. actually say anything there. I just kind of hop. Well, I'll poop a little. <laughs> <laughs> and scream something about Ratman. Um... <laughs> And then realize, oh, oh, yes. Well, I'm, I'm happy to have been of help. Thank you for uh, using the Alex elevator down to wherever the hell we're going. Oh, it's just our rat, man. <laughs> uh, he does, like, he hops off and he does a little bow. Like, it's almost, like, over-accentuated. Oh, and then, precious. yeah. And then he keeps on walking a little bit taller. Okay. But where are we walking? Um, I was just following the bullseye light. So. <laughs> well, so, you see clearly eliminated what was described. So at the bottom of the stairs, stairs, there's a chasm with planks that go over the chasm, correct? Yes. And were the other options on this side of the chasm because I pictured them on the other side of the chasm. So I just want to make sure that I'm. No, if you're, if you're walking down the stairs, you drop it, right. You, you're, you, you come down into what was a room. Now there is a chasm and this chasm can be navigated either going to the left on a rough ledge that is only about five foot of it remaining. uh, And then, or to the right, there's another ledge which is about five feet, maybe a little bit less remaining, or the series of planks that have been strewn across the uh, the, the gap itself. And how, how, how wide is the gap? The actual chasm? Yeah. Uh, it is about 15 to 20 feet long and about half that wide. It's almost swallowed this entire room. No. 
And well, of the three paths, like the left, the right, and the, the planks, which one is the widest? There's about five feet on the left, about five feet on the right. And, and what about the planks themselves? So the planks themselves are like two by like four by fours and four by sixes. Okay. So it's not exactly the the widest path available to you. Okay. Um, um, it, uh, am I am I there's a, a caster and a rat man here, right? Am I the largest fellow in the room? Yes. Oh, okay, so I'll uh, kind of put a foot out and put a bit of weight onto the just the planks crossing the thing. See how they sound, see how they feel. Do I have to right. roll for some sort of awareness or? Uh, no, you're just you're setting your feet forward and you're kind of giving a little bit of weight, you know, a couple of pounds here and there as you're pushing. Uh, the wood does groan and you you feel that vibration and when you set your foot on there and that it runs up the the length of the timber um however it doesn't feel like it's loose or shifting in any way this doesn't seem shifty fellows (laughs) Uh, (laughs) at least from where you are with a series of beams currently you know falling on top of a you know a room Uh, floor and how far down are we looking like if we if i uh, try to traverse this thing and, and it collapses under me. How far down are we going? You're looking at falling and hitting all the shit all the way down to about a 20 foot drop or more. Okay. So painful to deathly, <laughs> which is the name of another podcast, I think. <laughs> but, um, um, I- I think probably I'll shine the light along the left and right ledges as well to see what those paths look like. If there's cracks in the in the ledges, so it looks like the stone may be crumbling or break away as we're walking on it. Just trying to determine which one appears to be the most stable. Outstanding. So to the left, that ledge is now the light is on it and you're giving it the once over. Uh, it doesn't seem to be as safe as it may appear given its width again it's the wider of the of the the routes um however there doesn't seem to be much support material underneath it but that may not mean much okay uh in the middle again it's beams they are heavily fallen so uh it's a series of you know four by fours four by sixes some two by fours uh, just pieces of rocks underneath them kind of supporting up here and there. Uh, but they do extend out into almost touching the stairs, which is where some of that support weight can come from. And to the right, it is, it looks mostly solid. However, it's very narrow as far as, you know, walking <clears throat> a, a, a work stone floor well, that gives way into a, a mighty crevasse. Okay. And just um, I, to be clear, if I was a large strapping fellow with a rope tied to me, would I be able to run and jump this gap, or is that that not realistic ooh, in the that system? Is de- definitely too far for that. I mean, I'm willing to okay. entertain any kind of death by chasm, but we, yeah, we have just, a rope, right? Yeah, you do have rope. Okay, here's my idea, because chances are across the chasm is probably going to be the most direct route i as a little mousy boy um i could potentially what we could do is i'll take one side of the rope we'll tie 
the rope to another side, right? On like the side that we're currently on. I'll skitter across. I'll find something tight to tie the rope to so that now it's not just a plank, like a couple planks that are going across. You also have a hand holding area so that in case something does give or you lose your balance, you have something to hold on to. Just my idea. And I'll propose throwing him the first 10 feet. Grab <laughs> uh, check kind of does the whole what the fuck man kind of motion uh, <laughs> before throwing one side of the rope to uh, to Salty's character and uh, then starting putting the other side of the rope in into his mouth and then he goes on four feet four paws and he starts like slowly kind of making his way past the uh, oh, across all jokes the... aside I will try to tie off this end of the rope securely Sure enough, you want it. You can you can use pitons to pound the dog piss out of it into the stone floor if you so desired, or the side of the wall. I'm not or sure you if that's just, appropriate in this or moment. Or you can wrap it around but. your wrap it on your body and belay it. Essentially. Well, no, I don't want if he falls to be pulled to my own death. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how big he is relative to me. It might be half or forty yeah, percent, like but that's four, still that's a jolt a that I don't need on yeah. my aging spine <laughs> or my aging liver. So. I, I piton that to the wall. Outstanding. Um, so as Alex is hammering the shit out of one of these iron spikes to get the rope anchored in safely, and Grefchik, you were heading down the middle path. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Fantastic. And that leaves one other person. What were you doing? Just shining light? Yeah, yeah I, I'm I trying to it. keep the light on the planks for Griff check okay. so he's got Fantastic. a good footing. Just making sure I'm tracking on what we're doing. Outstanding. I'm also keeping an ear open for like, so the crevice, does it run to the left and right of us? Like we're trying to cross a space, but is this like we're crossing a uh, a canyon mouth or canyon? Yeah, you're crossing like, like a sinkhole basically. Oh, it's just a big circle. Okay. Elongated, well, but yeah, room. north to south is longer than it is east to west. And what about up? Uh, up overhead is about 10 to maybe 15 feet up is still the overhead of the room, but that has crumbled. It has cracks in it. There's uh, some damage, uh, and it looks like maybe pieces or chunks have fallen, but it doesn't look like the overhead collapsed into this room to create the sinkhole. This, this is literally like very likely a sinkhole. And there's no critters or or devils or well, let's get back like to like horrific angels oh. aiming for my that, sobriety. Let's make that uh, notice roll you were talking about when you said you were keeping an ear open. Uh, okay, how do I do that? I have so, notice d six plus two. Is that what I roll, or do I you're have to roll, roll one of my attributes? You're gonna roll, so you roll two d six. Yeah, and you roll add two to both rolls. Your notice and a yep. and a wild die d six, and you add yeah. two to both of them. So. 2d6 plus 2 each. Yep. And you take okay. the highest of the result. Yeah. Uh, so I have a 5 and a 6. So a roll the 6 again. Yep. Roll so yeah, 6 ace. So roll it again. Uh, 3. So that's nice. so got in plus 2. 11. Yeah. 11. All right. So that is a success with a raise. Almost two raises. Very good. So as you're done deafening everyone else inside this place, that tong, 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 tong. And Grevchik is starting to do his slow little rat-like crawl 
and uh, Magnus is being the ever so helpful. I'm not sure how the Baleful fits into this with the <laughs> Magnus the Lighthouse at this point. Uh, Alex, I'm grumbling. ever so, ever so softly from just beyond the end of the, the planking where it, there's another passage that leads out and takes a slight turn to the right, you do hear... Careful, folks. My um, my my in-laws are through that tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Safe in the other room. He says this. <laughs> she brought me a beer just now, and I had to. I'd be real careful with that one. <laughs> Grevchik, about halfway across this, this the planking, you feel it groaning and starting to shift underneath your weight. Um, however. You are doing just fine. It's not actually giving in. It's not collapsing. It's just there's now a, an, you know, there's another unnatural amount of weight being put on this in, in smaller pressure points. But at least you're distributing the weight as much as you can and how you're making this this crawl. Yeah. And you do make it to the other side without any effort. Okay. I'm going to try and find a nice place to anchor off this side of the rope. Easy um, enough. And yeah. And make sure it's kind of goes parallel with the actual board so that they can hold on to it while they're crawling across. Yep. And then I just uh, kind of do a wave and a thumbs up. Okay. Then with, uh, with the Bravo being the biggest, I will go next. That way, if it collapses, it collapses. Well, if it collapses on him, at least I'm not stranded. So. I will, or you, or you will be stranded just. With I, I will be stranded. I'll be, but I'll be stranded on that side and figure. I, I figure I can find a way out from there while accomplishing the mission. So, yeah. all right. Um, so yeah, I, I will proceed next. Um, I will put my staff on my back and I will hold the lantern in one hand while I walk the planks holding the rope uh, with my other hand, and I will have the rope kind of wrapped around. Uh, like I'm putting my arm over it and then up under it as I'm holding it. So it's like wrapped through my elbow, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Easy enough. And again, uh, there's a little bit more weight and you're, you're, the, the pressure you're putting on it now is a lot closer than when it was with Grefchik. Even at four feet, he was at least spreading it out uh, on uh, you know his little quadruped bear crawl. Yeah. Um, but while they are bending and they do creak and groan and there's a little bit of some oh shit moments – you do manage to get across just fine. It's 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 safe crossing for you. Cool. I As, will uh, point out to the Bravo uh, approximate distances. Like, hey, around this point, you're going to have a weaker spot, so you may want to try and do bigger strides or whatever to to spread your weight out. But I will use the bullseye lantern to light the way for him. Yeah, I was going to say, as, as blithe as I may be, uh, I will be paying attention to where the feet go and where the creeks are and stuff like that. But I'm still quite curious about the in-laws groaning from the other <laughs> end of the tunnel. Uh, has it uh, gained in intensity? Is it louder? Does it sound like they're just inside the darkness? Or are they? Uh, does it sound cavernous beyond? Do I have enough success in my role to determine any of that? 
you don't hear it any longer. Uh, as soon as Magnus got across, it just seemed to have died out, and your your attention is refocused into not dying at this point. Um, so if you wanted to take another shot at trying to eavesdrop on what's going on, you could do that, or you could, you know. No, I am concerned that um, being the most handsome in the room, that the <laughs> the devils on the other side will wait till I'm in the middle to to waylay me. So can I roll again to just see if I hear that again? Absolutely. Okay. And this is, again, same roll, 2d6. Same roll, yep. Two. And, and just so you know, I believe I am the most attractive person in the room. <laughs> I think we all believe that, that each of us are. Yes, but uh, I, I have proof. <laughs> <laughs> if it's true. that mirror, that mirror is cracked. All right, <laughs> so I got a two and a six. So a two and a six? Is that a natural the, six or a six total? a natural six, yeah. So roll, roll it again. again. Okay, and another six. Holy Christ. Keep rolling. And another six. Jesus, 18. <laughs> and a four. Uh, holy so shit. 18 plus four, 22. Plus two, 24. Yeah, so nine. how many teeth does my in-laws have? <laughs> <laughs> so while you are standing at the beginning of your approach and you've got the rope and you, you're just, you're like, okay, I can do this. This is easy. Just going to hold on with my hands. And you take that brief moment of concern and you hear the, and there is a creature that rounds the corner, and it is a decaying corpse, and bits of flesh are falling off of it alongside the maggots that infest its body. And it is within striking distance of Grefchik, who appears I not fucking even run. to have noticed. I, <laughs> I full on use every bullshit gain in in notice no i mean i rolled those but yeah, yeah, he yeah. was calling me i was paying attention i know i'm an idiot but i i i i'm only good for one thing and it's drinking and stabbing bad guys 100 and i run across that thing holding onto the rope just barely so i can like do a knee slide rock and roll thing across the deck and try to stab this thing in the well where its heart would be i'm not sure if i'm familiar with undead that yeah, that is fantastic. You are slightly familiar with the undead. We're gonna get an athletics roll from you. Okay, and that is so my athletics are D four. So yep. just two D four? No, no, you know, D four and D six. D four and a D six. Yeah. Okay. Savage rules they give it every wild card a D six to make up to make you it marks you as special. Okay. More likely to succeed. Uh six and one with those no bonuses. D six apparently, so roll that six again. Okay. Jesus, we're exploding all the time now. I know. This is good. You guys should use offline dice constantly. Two. Two. So eight. Fantastic. That is success with a raise. You absolutely begin hauling ass across that timber. You can feel it. And you take a couple of those couple of bunny hops and do the slide up, slide past your friends, knock them both the fuck out of the way. And the bullseye lantern goes out of Magnus's hands, but it still remains lit. It's it's a bullseye lantern, so it's rolling around and it's remaining lit because mostly because also the oil is now spilled all over the goddamn lantern, and now you got a small bonfire, and you are up. So let's do this. We're gonna do this real real quick. I promise. Uh, we're gonna assume Alex has the initiative and this mock car draw. So Alex, you're gonna stab the dog piss out of this thing. You said correct. If that's, I presume, it, the weapon I have is a stabby have, kind of weapon. It's a stabby kind of weapon. I think you should have a rapier on your sheet, right? Sure. Oh, great. I mean, yeah. I have hey, no can beer. I use a Benny to go first? Yeah, sure, actually. Okay, it's, then I'll throw a Benny to go first, and I'll cast Smite on his sword. Woo, 
there we go. Benefit Ooh. of the party. So Alex, he's going to basically enchant the shit out of your blade. Is he... So spell casting is a D8. There you go. Ah, basic success. I'll spend my last Bendy to see if I can get a raise. All right. Were there bennies? Oh, basic success. You get a plus two on your damage to the to your blade. And so Savage World uses a system called bennies, and they are tokens, and every wild card gets them, and you earn them through playing like you did with your hindrances, living up to it, or doing fun stuff or cool stuff. Like for the athletics thing, I could have given you another benny, and then you spend those to re-roll a failed trait roll, roll re-roll damage, draw another card if you're an initiative, you want to try to go higher. Cool. Um, you use it for a story point, things like that. But do you start with a certain amount? You start with three, three. Uh, for normal. You start with two if you have bad luck, and four if you have luck, and five if you have greater luck. Okay. Yep, yep. And right now, if you're not keeping tally, uh, Russ, you have five bennies. Okay. But we're so close to wrapping up right now, so this is good. Magnus, you gave him a plus two to his weapon, yes? Yep, correct. Outstanding. Now, that's on damage, though, because it's smite, so it'll be plus two on your damage, but it does act as a magic weapon if this thing has to be hit by magic weapons. 100%. Alex, go ahead and roll your fighting roll. Okay, I have a D8, so D6 plus D8. Yep. And do, should, do I declare Benny's now or later? Like, this has to hit, you, right? You do it, no, you do you it do later. Afterwards. You can see what you do. You may not need okay. to use it, and if you do need to, then uh, you uh, You guys, you're not... You, I mean, <laughs> you roll an eight. <laughs> yeah, and a six. Yeah, and again, roll, again. roll both again. In combat, roll aces both again? are great. Yes, roll yeah. both again. Any guy that hits its maximum... You guys, I know you don't believe again. me, because I've, I've been a DM, no, no, no. I, I, but no. Anyway, no, we uh, a six and a five. Was the six on the D8 or on the D6? No, the six is on the six. Okay, then you roll it again. Roll again, yep. Jesus fuck. Four. Nah. Okay, so that'd be sixteen. Success with a raise. Uh, so you're gonna roll damage on your rapier, which uh, should be I, which I don't have. I don't see it on here. That's Is weird. it weapons and attacks? Uh, right. Roll, scroll down a little bit. You should see uh, weapons. Oh and attacks. yeah. Uh, and rapier. Okay, strength plus D four. Yep. So you're gonna roll your strength die. Plus a D4, plus a D6, D6. because you, you aced and you have Okay, so two D6 plus D4. Yep. And these ones you will add all together. Yes, these are the And can I Benny on these? You yes. can, and you can also get plus, you also get plus two on top of it because uh, Magnus turns your blade into a magic weapon. Okay, well, I'm going to use, I still have my five Bennies, right? I you don't need to roll, save your Bennies until you roll damage, and then you see oh, how well okay, you Oh, okay, I see, yeah. okay. Yeah. And I don't know how much damage things take in this but i'd like we'll to kill it yeah you're you're probably going to slay the dog piss out of this thing because we need to okay uh five three and four. Oh, i got a four on the four roll it again so you roll that again okay so that's uh eight twelve and another four on the four so 16 roll it again and the two so 18 18 plus another two and plus two 20 so 20 points of damage so you guys see as magnus leaps up or sorry as alex comes up with that thrust you hear magnus utter the words of incantation and that rapier blade lights up what does your smite spell look like magnus it, it is a uh, like a ghostly blue flame that goes up the blade fantastic holy and shit my sword's on fire <laughs> magnus <laughs> what does how do you how do you end this zombies unlife uh, uh, me, Alex. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, uh, I 
stab it through the heart and then realize that it's a zombie, like, oh, you were probably dead already, and I rip its head off. Fantastic. <laughs> and that is it. And that is the scene. That's all we need to do. It took a little bit longer than I thought. I think 30 minutes, 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Sorry about, sorry about that. So we have a couple of minutes for the topic, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, we, have, we, have enough, we have as much time as you guys have. So I appreciate everyone. So I think Rich and everyone probably figured out what I was doing because the topic is, is why ask why. Um, a lot of role players have a bad habit of, and we did it a few times. I kept tallies of you guys being awesome and just say, just doing shit and then asking questions like, can I make a notice role? Things like that. And a lot of gamers... There's a real bad tendency, if you listen to a lot of actual plays, that gamers have this mother may I going on. And it's real weird. So instead of the immersive values that they claim they have or want, it'll be like, well, can I search the wall for secret doors? Well, instead of saying that, you should just say, I checked the wall for secret doors, which is what you guys have done a bunch of times. Like you guys, the tally for you guys being awesome role players is just incredible. We only had one, two, three, four, four transgressions. And so who lost? Uh, no one. We all had an even amount. Everybody uh, wins. Yeah. And even I stopped myself because I would catch myself trying to get in the habit of like, what's next? Instead of asking that, you don't. You shouldn't ask that as a game master either. You shouldn't need to, right? You present a scene and let the players react to it. Because that's kind of the topic of like, what do you guys there, – there's obviously a problem. You know, it's not like this is a made-up topic. Uh, um, it, it definitely has – have, we have receipts on that on the actual plays um so what do you guys think what do you is there a reason that causes this um is it bad gming not descriptive gming is it players being nervous or what, what do you think is the reason people ask mother may i before they just say i do okay so let me jump in as a complete luddite who's never watched a single uh, <laughs> uh real life play or whatever you call it yeah, do you actually, think that they're doing it like is this a data problem Wherein what you see people doing online or hear people doing in casts uh, is not representative of what people do at the table because they're trying to make it better and more educational for the no. audience. No, no, you don't 100%. think so. You think that I this sit, is genuine. I sit at the, at the table as well. Okay. Yeah. So, well, then, so that invalidates my thought. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're going. It's with a common it. thing. That's common, yeah. I, I do believe it's very common. I have seen. I've even no, seen no, it no things invalidating my thought, but. <laughs> I believe it could be a number of factors. Um, one is trying to get clarification because does my image in my head match what you're trying to describe? And so the, the questions of can I do this could be me probing to make sure that my image in my head matches. Um that's not necessarily always the case, but I think one of the biggest reasons that I find I do it sometimes is I do. There are some GMs who don't want you to do anything until they're ready for you to roll the dice. Ah, and okay. so it could be me saying, Hey, can I do this? Wanting to know, are you ready for me to roll dice now? The mother um, may I kind of, right? Yes. And, and I don't know that it's necessarily that they want to prevent you from doing that. But it's a way of keeping order in their own heads around you've got one person, quote unquote, versus four, five, maybe six other people and trying to manage that chaos. Um, I put up rules that say, you know what, I need to know what people are doing so that I can 
be aware of of the whole situation and keep it all in my head logically and things like that. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily a GM trying to be a bad GM or a control freak, other than just trying to manage the chaos to keep things to a to keep confusion to a minimum is, is one possibility. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that makes sense. I have my own kind of thought process because it, it's funny because like so. when you i'm glad you did this little experiment because um i know it's ironic that i asked um <laughs> but this, this this is my thought process on it because before i didn't really think of it and i was like oh yeah why would people do that but while we're doing it since i already kind of knew what the theme of this one was that wasn't necessarily like i didn't try and change my playing habits or anything like that sure but when i did say can i Uh i was more i was thinking why did i ask that and (laughs) i most of the time i was like well i don't know how the for me it was the timing like Mm -hmm. do i have enough time to do this or with everything else that's going on am i capable of doing this at this moment like when i ask can i it's because i'm not too sure if with everything else that's going on if i have the well time to do it so kind of like what Rich was saying, right? Yeah, kind of. So yeah. I wonder if it's kind I wonder if that might stem from cuz I can juggle a lot of shit at once, but you know, but then again, you know, I spent a long time in the military and so you get used to listening to a, a bunch of voices all at one time. But I wonder if it's it's not if if it's not so much on a GM, well some of GMs definitely have a, a a real bad freak out control vector and you can see that in some in some tables and some some videos but like i also wonder if it's groups don't active actively and cohesively function so like you guys did really well when it was presented to you like hey you're going into this dark scary place and without missing a beat it wasn't like oh well i want to cast illumination oh well i'm gonna pull my sword out and pro the wall oh well i'm gonna check my traps you guys allowed a natural progression of we have a fucking thief thief let's the thief is obviously going to check for traps. <laughs> and you did, right? And then it was, I'm going to light my light. And then it was, I'm going to bring up the rear. And you guys had a natural flow. And I think sometimes maybe the groups don't have a very natural flow um, to, to how they're playing the game. And by that, I mean, I don't think that people understand each other's roles in the game, if that makes sense. Like you knew that one of you was the magic user, one of you is the thief and one of you is the fighter and you have identifiable roles of an expectation set for that. We weren't competing. Right. You didn't, no one ever asked like, Hey, who was the thief again? Which you do see sometimes like, well, who can, who can fly this airplane? And it was like, bitch, I sold you on the fucking pilot. So, (laughs) you know, and I'm wondering if that's part of it is just some of the, some groups just do not have a cohesive factor to it. I think that may be part of it. Um, I think with some games, and maybe this is more so with Savage Worlds, the roles aren't necessarily as clearly defined. You know what I mean? It's not a class-based system. And so... I mean, like, to be fair, that's... (laughs) Class-based systems are one-third or less of typical... RPGs, but the absolute biggest class-based system is the biggest role-playing game that people play. One hundred percent agreed. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. But, but like, what's this? But like, with you guys, Savage Worlds has edges that, like, arcane background. Only one of you has that. Thief. Only one of you had that. And then I forgot what uh, Alex has that marked you as. Besides the fucking rapier and the, um, I had jaded. 
Yeah, you had uh, alertness and aristocrat. So yeah, you yeah, were yeah, like yeah, Johnny yeah, on the yeah, spot, yeah. but you were carrying a massive sword compared to everyone else. Yeah. So you know, I think there are telltale <laughs> markers. Um, there can be though, but I mean, if if the if the group doesn't say, "Hey, I'm taking this edge," or "Hey, uh-huh. I, I've got this," yeah, th- there's the whole meta game aspect to it that allows a group. I mean, I know Lankmar enough to know that Rattlings are typically going to be your thief light characters. Yeah. Getting I just back know. to March 2022. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, I'm not Fritz Lieber. <laughs> I have yeah. no association with Lockmar. <laughs> it is a great setting. But I think, you know, that's a key phrase though, right? Is it's that meta understanding of it's either I don't, I, it sounds mean, but like I don't give a shit about what your characters do as another player, or we <laughs> haven't actually had a conversation and say, hey, here's what I'm good at, you know, or and when you do a character introduction is like, that can become very important. And I think sometimes you catch people slipping when they aren't fucking listening when someone is talking about their character and I get some people drone on and on, but yeah, if someone has a, there's some of that, I think also though, sometimes people like to have a little bit of mystery around their character because it Mm. allows story to unfold around uh, party dynamics and things like that. There are, there are these little surprises that, um, Oh, this will be fun to like reveal to the group in some dramatic situation. And so you kind of, place some things closer to the chest, sure. um, especially for some of the hindrances, right? I mean, there's the, in Savage Worlds, you have your dark, your dark secret or your wanted or whatever. And those aren't things that you're going to necessarily publish to the, to the party because you want to keep that extra drama from people that you wouldn't normally tell. Sure. About. Sure. But I don't think that's character ability. I think that's character background, if that makes sense. Whereas what you do for the party is should be fairly evident. It, I think so setting it conceit could, as well. could or should be. But and the reason I say it that way though, Scott, is if I'm wanted, I may not want to advertise that I'm a thief. Are we, uh, I mean, respecting the fact that this conversation shouldn't could drift, uh, mm-hmm. the roles in a party are a tangent, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, identifying each other's roles and understanding what everyone's good at could be one reason why people might say may i or should i oh, uh, and now we've gone down that tangent in depth um yeah and, and i'm curious from a from a more macro level of why people would ask or or right. go down that um uh, uh the 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 psychology of asking instead of doing in an rpg where you're supposed to be fantastic or yes, stronger than exactly. you are in life smarter than you are in life handsomer <laughs> than you are in life more charming than you are in life whatever it may be 100 percent um so so uh, it, it i don't want to re-rail i do want to re-rail this yeah. conversation which is yes. ironic of me but but i i, I want to hear what everyone else has to say but in finder i'm so sorry man that <laughs> no, you're no. going down a very academic conversation of of um, um, the, the roles that characters play in a party and the awareness of other players of the roles of other people's characters. But ultimately, what you do with your character in your time is the point of may I or I do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so tonight, I didn't know what you guys were generally or, or broadly. Uh, 
uh, other than, you know, the two seconds of here's a caster, here's a thief, here's a, a, a dickhead. Um, and I played my dickhead, I think. You did really well. You want to come join our Savage Worlds crew? Uh, I was, yeah, honestly, I, 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 I played my dickhead to a, a dickhead perfection. But, um, Sorry, keep but going. before Santa proposed this thought to me, the, the concept of tonight's discussion, I was like, I don't know. Don't people just do what they're going to do uh, no. at the tables I play at? And I play with a lot of old, fr- frankly, men. Like, uh-huh. We're all 40 plus and we all like, okay, I do this. Oh, fuck. Okay, you're going to have to roll. Uh, that's a hard test. Whatever system we're playing, that's going to be difficult because yeah. you're bullshitting. But but that's what makes things fun. And, and Santa proposed to me that that is less and less and less common. Um, and, and so the theory of why that's less common, I guess I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say about that. So you're talking through that had, so that brought some thoughts to my head. One is video games, uh, the prevalence of video games and especially quote unquote RPG video games. And I use that because I hate the term RPG and <laughs> use with video games, you guys may have that, but, uh, video games, you have certain things that you can do and you may not be able to search for secret doors. Oh God, that's the the right answer. That's it. And the other part of it is games like D and D where you don't have a lot of things codified. Yes. It does say how to search for secret doors or whatever, Mm -hmm. but when the rules are ambiguous about certain things, the players may also say, Hey, can I do this thing? Can I do a backflip land behind this dude and stab him in the back? Well, I don't know. Your, your dice tell you that, but in D and D, there's no dramatic no, no, action type. I, I think that the conversation that we just had solved solved this, and we can just end the podcast after I'm just going to finish this up because I, I'm an, I grew up analog. I, I think most of you guys did as well, or you guys are close to it, or something. In that, when we were RPGing in the 80s and 90s, we could do whatever the fuck we said if our dice said we could do it. 100, yeah. right? And, and you in a video game, as as open world or closed world or or railroady or whatever it may be, does not give you that option. Maybe you can't uh, platform. Maybe you can't jump. Maybe you can't search. Maybe you can't whatever it may be. And you optimize the things you can do, and you ignore the things you can't do because why the hell bother? And so, kids, and I don't mean children. I mean like young folk joining the the sport of TTRPG. <laughs> Uh, and bless their souls um, think in the frame of growing up with the digital as their rule base right their favorite game won't let them do things if you grew up playing GTA you can't enter buildings so right. you ask can I enter this building well yeah, yeah of course you can it's right? a fucking cafe enter the building yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow oh that okay all right, all right. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that could very well be it because I will say like the table experiences, uh, same, same for me. I do a lot of cons and so I played a lot of con games and so I have a lot of the, the mother may eyes that come up on con games as well. But on the listening to APs and I'd listen to actual plays whenever I'm doing stuff, I, it, it is normally the younger, it really is, it's the younger men who tend to have the mother may I syndrome more than their female counterparts who are more apt to role play a character faster and or role play the scene faster and that's i know it's anecdotal evidence and you're going to have a split even but it just seems like there's a faster uptake of 
of here's a scene. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to walk over. I'm going to start talking. I'm going to say, Hey, where did you get these pies? And they start having these conversations. And whereas some of the other folks would be like, so can I approach the baker? And I'd like to find out where they get their pies. Cause even when, even if you, even that's the phrase of, I want to find out something. Well, fuck it. I don't want you to say that. That's also asking, may I, there's no mm-hmm. difference to me in that phrase, you know, just go do it. <laughs> But he doesn't have an exclamation mark above his head. Right? I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dude, exactly. He could be video games. I just don't know. It is a really mysterious phenomenon. And But, you know, Rush, you're not wrong. As a lot of older gamers, you don't see this with. Not as much. It is. We very much are, fuck you. I opened the door. Well, I didn't say you could open the door. Well, I'm opening the door. Do I roll for dice or can the door not open? You know, and that's where you devolves into. And then I, I do agree with Rich. I think there are some GMs who are absolute control freaks and may also help perpetuate this myth or the, not myth, this uh, syndrome. Behavior? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm glad you guys humored this topic. I just find it fascinating. There's so much going on of like, okay, you guys into the into the dark room of this wizard. You're supposed to be looking for, you know, the magical tome. Well, can I look at the bookshelves? Yes, go look at the fucking bookshelves. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> well, so then, then the extrapolation of this is systems that encourage versus systems that don't. Yeah. Right. I mean, D and D encourages combat, um, yeah. a little bit of inquisition. Like, all right, I investigate the door, or I check for traps, or uh, not that that's a thing anymore, but. You know, uh, uh, looking at the floor and whatnot. But otherwise, can you do it? PCs will probably do what they want in town. And once they get to the dungeon or the adventure area, they will be asking a little bit more because the system encourages certain dice rolls. And anything that may be outside the dice roll, the mechanics of the game, will will lead a new player or a, um, a nascent game player to ask whether they can do that. Versus a system that has a more broad basis of encouraging players to do things, uh, rewarding them, in fact, for doing things. Interesting. We'll we'll end up with players not asking, but doing. And then having to be probably pushed back. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't scale that wall. You can't. If you're going to do it, it's going to be a very high difficulty, whatever the system may be. Um, but, But rewarding what the game designers want out of the play uh, the, at the table is a huge part of of the the experience that the end user is going to get. D and D encourages combat. That's it. Yeah. Well, it, and, it encourages I mean, I play combat it weekly <laughs> almost. But yes, you're right. What'd you say, Rich? I said D and D encourages boring combat. I mean, that's that's one thing that I love about Savage Worlds, and it's probably the thing that people have the hardest time wrapping their heads around. But that's like tests. Tests in combat, 100%. and there are so many other options that you can do other than just trade blows with one another. Yeah, hundred percent. And people are always like, in fact, there was a question on Facebook yesterday the other day. It's like, why would I take this skill when I can test with any other skill? And it's like, because you can't do certain tests with certain skills. It's like I can't try and enrage you by um, climbing a wall unless I challenge <laughs> you to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder if it is a system. Uh, yeah, I could see it being a system thing where there was just a, this is crazy. Yes, Sa- Santa, are you still there? 
Yeah, I'm still here. I was honestly just kind of think. No, no, no. I I was listening to you guys, and I was kind of like, I. You're too, you're too, I, I was kind of like putting my own thought process in because like I, as I'm a video game player, right? And mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that uh, video games are the reason why we say, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do that? And I'm kind of wondering if the reason why you see it more in the younger generations opposed to the older generations is more of an issue with confidence. Huh. Because... Overall, That's the an less expansive conf- comment. That is an expansive <laughs> comment, but if you think about it, the younger the younger you are, usually the less confident you are in your actions. Correct? Like, of course, know, unless there's a, unless there's alcohol involved. But. Empirically accurate, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and generally, the people who are, you know, really confident at a young age, on average, are not really playing tabletop rpgs no that's also empirically empirically accurate yeah so i'm i'm just wondering that like and if the reason why a lot of younger people who ask instead of actually just saying i'm doing this it could just be really just a symptom of their own insecurities and their lack of confidence in their own actions but wouldn't that have been true 20 years ago then yeah, I know, but you're talking about how nowadays the people who you currently play with who are older are actually just saying, this is what I'm doing. I'm Do you remember though, when you... That I played with, we never did the, the Mother May I growing up, or, or very very minimally. Well, yeah, you're Most saying, of the people yeah, when I played growing up, it was, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to yeah. do this. Someone Even had with to shut you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know. It's it, it could even just be, you know, culturally, people are way less confident than they are before than they were back then. Yeah, I just which I, I don't know. I'm still blaming video games. And <laughs> I am going to say that video games are not the problem to everything. They do not cause violence finder because I know you're going to say that, too. I was I they would are... not say that because they would cause violence as much as any movie or song. And I <laughs> right, listen to exactly. a plenty violent songs. <laughs> and movies, yeah. so. I just I don't know. See, to me, I'm hope uh, hopefully you guys also find this to be a slightly fascinating topic of gaming because it's just it's a mystery. I think still I don't know. <laughs> But it, it, it does happen, and it, it's it's really annoying when it happens because I'm like, man, you guys are the same people who get online and, like, run off the fucking mouth and, like, how immersed you are and shit. Like, you're not immersed. Every five seconds you're asking, can you do something? <laughs> it's not immersion. Yeah, but I have music in the background that makes me feel yeah. like I'm in the scene. It's just really crazy. It really is. Yeah, it just it never – I just happen to be watching a lot of actual plays, and I started taking notes of, like, man. Like, why okay, did play? so well, identifying an issue, uh-huh. what's a what would be a good solution to yes. if anyone's listening that is a a mother may I or a, a question asked like oh can I do that? What's a great way to let a new player um, get the confidence at the table at least mm-hmm. to do what they want to do before they ask if they can even roll the dice to do so? Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious if people who listen to this actually have some comments. This would be a good one. Because for me, it would be, one, it would be the rest of the table mates uh, engaging the player and saying, hey, you know, you're the thief. Like, this is a great opportunity to make sure we're not going to die from traps. 
that something that easy could spur like, oh shit, I'm gonna check for traps, you know, because that might be enough to be like, oh, I'm gonna roll check for, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll my thievery and look for traps, you know, instead of saying, hey, can I do that? Which you may still get that, and I also think I, I do blame GMs to some degree that GMs need to be more encouraging mm-hmm. uh, of that, and then more willing to uh, do just willing to to, to 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 i don't know how to facilitate it but it's tough because well, you got to paint the picture but you just got to get people normal so like for me i, I told rich and them we've been we've been playing together a long time the, the handful of us is like if i'm telling you we're in a bar somewhere and you're getting into a fight you don't have to fucking ask me can i turn a table over and take cover can i grab the bat behind the bar just say you do the shit and if i'm like oh there's a bat behind the bar for a Benny, there's a bat behind the bar. It's that easy. And you, as a game master, you're now encouraging that I do. I oh, do. Oh God, I do. yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, and it doesn't hurt anything because there are some people who are like, "No, fuck that. I didn't put a bat there." Yeah, well, you didn't plan on how many barrels there are and how many chairs have <laughs> either. Stop. What do you care? Like this, I, I tell players this: you're not going to win Dungeons and Dragons. Don't be goddamn. Don't be dumb. And for the GMs, it's the same way. You're not going to win Dungeons and Dragons. It's not what you're there. My for. wife always asks, "Who won?" <laughs> She's part. And of I the say, problem. "No one wins. No one right. wins." Well, see, and, and if it's done right, though, I think everybody wins, right? Yes. If you have a story, and everybody's of the whole, the whole um, genre is that everyone fucking wins. Yeah, it's yeah. the friends we all it, except win. if you get the wrong people at the table or the wrong GM or whatever it may be. But that is the novelty of this system. I think that that has or not game system but the uh, uh, game style in general yeah. that has let it blow up so much in the last two to three years sure. uh, that it is so cooperative yeah and when people are not familiar with it you when you play a video game someone wins for the most part yep. and right. the fact that no one has to win that we we all win let's have a hug at the yeah, end of it which is interesting though given the rise of how many gmless or solo systems there are now. I think that's just more people being open to this style of game that they used to probably did not play anything or played video games or whatnot. Well, and, and folk are st- stuck at home and not because of COVID, but introverts, they don't want to go out. They're not doing anything, mm-hmm. but they've found in the last two or three years that there's this world of amazing creativity yeah. in RPGs, TTRPGs that, that, you can sit there and play and enjoy with two friends, one friend, four friends, zero friends. Um, that it did this that that game system could have been a thing thirty years ago. It kind of it, was. But how do you advertise that? Hey, do you have no friends? Play this game. <laughs> well, they, they advertise now, no, it doesn't matter because everyone has Reddit. Everyone has yeah. whatever, right? And yeah. and I see constantly at, uh, people inquiring after like GM lists, mm-hmm. solo play, that kind of thing. And I, I wish I could invite them to play my game. Yep. Yeah, but Same. in the absence of that, it's better than them sitting at home and watching TikTok. Hundred percent. The fun thing is, though, back in the eighties, they had it. It was called Choose Your Own Adventure novels. Bless, bless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, Russ, I, I feel the same way. When I see people who are like, oh, I just play solo RPGs. I'm like, well, probably you can't find a group, or you know, you may have found a group online, and it's just like you said, you just had a shit tier GM. You know, I, I played the Pathfinder game, 
and Savage Worlds Pathfinder. So I'm super excited. I hardly ever play. I played one session and I'm halfway through. Well, I was texting uh, Rich and Santa and I wanted to fucking die inside. (laughs) (laughs) He did. I remember he was messaging on, he was messaging us and he told us like earlier that day, he's like, yeah, I'm excited to be a player and all that. I'm playing this game. And then like, we saw him like messaging us. We're just like, seeing a game right now and they're like how's your game going is like i want to leave so badly man i had this baller arabesque fucking paladin drawn up for savage worlds pathfinder like devoted to the fucking group and the concept of maintaining law and order and strict discipline in this wildland areas that we were going into and it's just oh my god i was like oh you see a hex who's taking the first watch Okay, I'm gonna divide the turns of the watches into four sections, and then we're gonna have. Oh, fuck the fucking put a goddamn sword in my mouth! I fall on my fucking sword and kill myself. <laughs> Jesus fuck, man! You managed to make Savage Worlds boring as fuck. Congratulations. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I just yeah, some people I don't know. Solo gaming, I think we have a topic for that. Yeah, I put, a t- I put a title in the chat window. <laughs> I have one solo RPG that I actually really want to uh, play at some point. It's a solo yeah. journaling game, but it's uh, I think I've talked about it before. But Lichdom. Yep, yep. Essentially, because I know uh, Salty, you haven't heard of it, but it, you start off and it, you draw cards and you roll some dice, but you're you're playing as a wizard who's on his way to trying to achieve immortality, aka become a lich. And you can fail, succeed, you can die before it even comes. You can. It, I don't know. It just looks like a lot of fun. I want to play it. Um, but yeah, I think if one thing this topic has taught me, and that is, Russ, you, you really got to join us for a game. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Can, not only did you play Henry as well, I could hear it in Russ's voice as he was figuring out how the fucking raises work. He was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please join what? the Wednesday game. So so I, I play my new Edo game uh, basically twice a month. Um, but I play in a weekly D&D game that's been going on for years. Oh, shit. Well, why and, not join us for a bi-weekly game? Well, hold on. And <laughs> and uh, we we restarted a campaign for X, Y, and Z life reasons because we're yeah. all fucking old and kids and cancer and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I joined with a new fellow uh, whom I've known but have never played with. And in our first session, I did a bullshit thing like I did in this game. I slid across an area and tried to stab something and mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. One thing worked out one didn't it wasn't it was a fun action but it wasn't a heroic action in the next session this fellow started it he's like i love being at the table this is very fun but we have to put rules on on (laughs) that i think that you probably use too many actions that that during that action and i'm like yes you're right i did i 100 percent did I, I probably used up five feet of extra move. Whatever. And I didn't need to. I didn't. I, I, I think I probably bashed something on the way. And that comes down to personality. And here's an intelligent fellow who's been playing uh, uh, RPGs since probably the early 80s, like we have, who said, oh, Russ, I just didn't appreciate what you did there. <laughs> I think that you probably should have stayed within the rules. But I'm, I'm like, that was tons of fucking fun, man. Didn't you have fun? 
He's like, well, I mean, yeah, it was fun, but we're not we're not playing Indiana Jones. We're playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I'm like, we should be fucking playing Indiana Jones. That's yeah. what I said. Like, who gives a fuck about the rules? Now, say, Russ, you can't do that. And I'd be like, all right, cool. Set the yeah. system. It, it, DC 20. Or you can't do that. You don't have enough things. Like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't ask, I told, but if the DM had said, Russ, you can't do that, man, sure. that's too many actions, I would have been like, okay, well, I do two thirds of them and get there, and then next turn I'll stab that motherfucker in the heart. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so I, it, it may come down to just a personality type that likes the rules yes. versus liking the thematics or the oh. adventure or the cinematics, really. I, I think that's it. 100%. Because there are people who, if you make house rules, you're no longer playing the game. Yeah, you know that happens. Like tonight, if we didn't have, if I didn't have a fucking agenda, I would have asked you for a Benny to go ahead and make the first strike on that fucking zombie uh, with your athletic slide. But because I had an agenda, I was like, okay, I need to get them into a, a semblance of order in order to have a next couple of things happen. But hundred percent, yeah. So that's why I, I encourage most people who play D and D who are kind of boring like that play Dungeon Call Classics and play a warrior, so you get your mighty D die. Because it's totally with it. you doing what you did is totally within Dungeon Crawl Classics. If your Mighty hmm. D die is a three or better when you roll it, you get to do crazy shit with it. Um, and it's just part of it. Like I run up the wall, fucking leap off the wall and drive my fucking battle axe through his dick hole. Slam. There it goes. Boom. Yeah, you rolled. I mean, the kinetics of that are in question, but. <laughs> you know, it's like your action die is high enough and your mighty D die is. Did he have an erection? Absolutely happens. <laughs> I mean, afterwards, maybe. I don't know what that. I don't know. What they, I don't know what they're in I don't judge, but you know it's 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 the system, and I do think you you know the system does control. Uh, the system controls. Well, no, no, the system uh, guides what players will want to do. Yeah, yeah, and be encouraged to do. Yeah, unfortunately, it's unfortunately, fortunately, whatever. I mean, people find RPGs via five E. I think for the yes. most part, yeah. right? Unfortunately, Pathfinder, yeah, one of the two, yeah. Yeah. Um, and probably probably five E more than anything now. Pathfinder's in trouble. So, but anyway, different topic. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. but once they get into that, they decide like, holy shit, this is not the nerdy, yeah. awkward RP voices. The tables can do whatever the hell they want, yep. but it is a fun way for people to hang out together. Yep, yep. Um, and but the system of five E corrals you into a certain system or a certain uh, actions. Yeah. And I think that it does come down to the mechanics of a game to dictate what players ask, what they can or can't do, or just go ahead and goddamn do. Yeah. If you want your players to be fantastic, build a system that lets them be fantastic and rewards them for when they do it. Absolutely. We don't go buy it. Absolutely. (laughs) Just fucking D&D is boring. I'm sorry. (laughs) We we ran it. We did Curse of Strahd, and I could not have had a more miserable time in a few sessions. And I grew up playing D and D. I still, I just, I'm broken by Savage Worlds and the level of outstanding and you know shit you can do in the game and make it feel amazing when you do things. Instead of like, oh yeah, I miss, oh, yeah, I miss. I do damage, you know. I guess I, I move to the side. I, you know, I kick him. Okay, he says, ah, he takes 11 points of damage off of his 175. We're gonna be here all fucking night. just stop i can't but anyways uh i think because i know russ you got some you got yeah you got a you got a boogie um yeah i'm going to bed it's 9 30 
Oh, oh my shit. god! No, I do appreciate you guys know. humoring this. I hope you guys had fun and that I we, had a lot of fun. We had a good good conversation. Uh, so Russ, if if anyone wants to try and guilt trip you into joining us for a game, where can they find you? <laughs> to, 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 to. Oh, and also, you know, also for your RPG and all that. Forgot about that part. Oh yeah, guilt trip you. Um, I am findable via salty-games.com. Um, I am salty. I am Russ. I created the the uh, character forward medium crunch Japan loosely analog RPG <laughs> called uh, Nuido, uh, which is more about systems than it is about a setting. The setting is uh, familiar, you know, mid twenty first century, but non cyberpunk in that. The themes are adventure, aspiration, change, and advancement versus rebellion or um, uh, uh, resistance. It's not gloomy. It's about changing the future. And the systems reward that, hence all my comments in the last hour and a half. Uh, But the the way to find me is salty-games.com. Or uh, on DTRVG, you can just search New Edo, one word, N-E-W-E-D-O. And thank you for that. No problem. I'll also, uh, I'll share some links in the episode here. And if you're on the Discord, I am going to be messaging on there just to kind of put some, you know, so people see it. But yeah, thank you very much for coming I appreciate that. I love being on here. You guys are role-playing very well as smart people and i hope to have i hope to have done at least half that oh you did fantastic fantastic uh but anyways folks that's all the time we have for today if you like this episode uh you can send me an email at rp smart people uh rp smart people at gmail.com and if you hated this episode you can always tweet at me on twitter at rp smart people uh thanks again and see you guys next week Bye bye later